The Click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, Huey. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the stop and profile like never before. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of In The Click. I'm Baby Hewitt, and once again, joined by my partners in crime, my brother Tommy. Hey, hey, what's up? And also our good brother uh, from Pro Wrestling 101 on Instagram, Richard. What's up, Richard? How's it going, guys? (laughs) Oh, my God. You just threw me in a loop right now. (laughs) I wish we did a video version of this. Uh, so uh, we're, we're talking to Richard on Skype right now, and uh, <laughs> right before I start to hit the record button, he throws when you on looking. He throws on uh, the question mark mask. That is awesome. Where'd you get that mask at? Uh, National Wrestling Alliance's website. Awesome. Oh man, I need to get one of those. <laughs> so you put it on and just walk around the house going karate. Well, apparently it's not uh, appropriate for the quarantine. I've been told. Oh, no. So <laughs> I love. I that. got the mask for nothing. Damn it! You're just wearing it by yourself. No one else to see it. Enjoy. I, it. I wear it alone in my room, <laughs> looking in the mirror. Oh, with your bathrobe on. <laughs> just, just a bathrobe. <laughs> just a bathrobe. That's it. Nice. Left open. <laughs> Everything's hanging that's out. That's classy. You just got to air it out. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the bathrobe man. or the mask. <laughs> So, no, thank you again, everyone, for tuning in, our, our fellow Clicksters out there. Uh, thank you to everyone who's uh, been subscribing to the podcast, either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you like to listen to uh, your audio out there. Uh, make sure to look up in the click, hit that subscribe button. But a lot of great response to our our uh, first episode together from last weekend. So uh, thank you again for everyone for tuning in. Make sure to follow in the click on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, also on YouTube. We have all of our highlights up there as well from all the different segments we did last week. And uh, once again, guys, uh, a busy week in professional wrestling. Uh, This week, we're going to mostly focus on uh, the Great American Bash, night number one over on NXT this week. Uh, Before we get into that, we're going to do, once again, uh, our clickbait news and this week for uh, uh, a busy week it was with a lot of different stories but these are just some stories that we found that I think you know all three of us involved found the most interesting and just a lot of stuff to talk about uh, with these stories so first things first it was announced this week that WWE officially bought out Evolve which is a promotion if I remember Richard it's uh, based on the East Coast right? Yeah, it's run by Gabe Sapolsky, who used to run Ring of Honor and also learned under Paul Heyman at ECW. Yeah. Yeah, it's based in uh, Philadelphia. Okay. And uh, I think for uh, maybe some people who don't know too much about Evolve, uh, they got a little bit of a a touch of that within, uh, was it last July? 
they had their 100th uh, show that was live on the WWE Network, and that was kind of cool. They Which had, I watched. Yeah, they had some uh, uh, NXT superstars appear on. Paul Heyman was there. Yeah, and uh, it was a great showcasing for them. So I think that was because it was at the ECW arena. Yeah, so it was it was on um, the WWE Network, and I think for a lot of people that's where they kind of got to hurt here what Evolve was. But yeah, so this week it was announced that uh, WWE officially bought out Evolve, and I think this is coming, if I remember Richard, um, obviously with the pandemic going on, there there's a lot of financial issues going on for a lot of these wrestling promotions to stay open and um, during these tough times, and unfortunately Evolve because of that, they, I guess they decided to just sell their sell everything to WWE, and, and this has actually been rumored for a while now. Am I right? Like I think it's been in for for a, a little bit. I I, uh, I believe they were in some financial trouble because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I, I believe that they had reserved a building in a space WrestleMania weekend that they couldn't get a refund on. Oh no! And they had all these these rooms and. Uh, space sorted out and had a deposit on it and they couldn't get their deposit back so gabe sapolsky got himself into debt because of that and i think originally wwe was i mean clearly they want that library because you've got uh matt riddle wrestled there and drew gulak and i think darby allen wrestled there for a bit timothy thatcher timothy thatcher so there's been a shot blackheart yeah so it's a good library yeah, and that's the thing. It is um, I think Evolve's been around for about ten years. Started in twenty ten, and from what I was reading earlier, it originally started out kind of as like the USA version of Dragon Gate, and they partnered with Dragon Gate, and they would put on shows. And um, for their uh, American wrestlers on their roster, was able to perform here, and uh, you know it was a good partnership they had. And then like within the last few years, they've had this working relationship with WWE and. Um, a lot of their signees over on NXT, they, I think, got their start with Evolve. So it was kind of cool that NXT and Evolve had this working relationship together. And so all their new signees that they had over at the Performance Center, they would send them off to work these Evolve shows. And even more recently, they would have some of the other big name uh, NXT talent show up at these Evolve shows and do signings. I think uh, I saw before the pandemic, they had like Champa and then the Speed Era, Adam Street Cole. Profits. Yeah, so they all would uh, occasionally do appearances there. So it was a great, I think, for a wrestling fan. How awesome is that? You go to an Evolve show and you see the Evolve talent, but then occasionally you'll see someone from NXT, a big name, show up there and be able to meet them. And some of them will even wrestle. So it was a great, like, I guess you could call it training ground for NXT. So maybe it's a training ground for the training ground. Yeah, that's the thing. And so. it was it was really cool because for NXT. So if they sign someone and maybe they're not, quote, maybe ready for TV yet, they're still very green and they need to just work in front of a live crowd. They would send them over to Evolve. And so you get people on the Evolve roster versus these like NXT signees working together, putting on matches. And yeah, it was it was a great, I think, uh, business for NXT. And so, unfortunately, to hear that Evolve might be going away, I mean, the, uh, there's a lot of speculation. We don't know yet what's the future hold. The big thing... Well, we do know that we're going to get a, a new library added to the WWE Network, which will be nice, especially for a newer 
uh, newer content. Yeah, and, th- and that's the big thing. I think for WWE, anytime they buy out another promotion, I think for them, it, it, it's uh, it's obviously a long term investment. I think for for them, they obviously, as you just said, yeah, they want the the library of all those matches that they had and that stuff they can easily just throw up on the WWE network. And just another selling point for people why they need to subscribe to the network and um, see early matches of guys and gals that are on the NXT or even on Raw and SmackDown now. So that's the thing for them. It, it's a they're just they're always looking for stuff to add to the WWE network. And I think for them, it, it's really exciting because uh, uh, I think of the article I read. I think it's like over half of. Uh, people who appeared on Evolve at one point or another now work for WWE, either NXT, Raw, or SmackDown. So for them, I'm just thinking, you know, future, you know, stuff down the road when they're putting together like these hype packages, these video packages of these wrestlers, they can just tap them down to the Evolve library and have more content to add to it. I think, uh, you know, you we joked in the past before, you look at like AJ Styles, like when they're doing these video packages for AJ when he first signed with WWE, they didn't have a lot to work with. They had some early stuff in WCW, but then like, you know, all his TNA stuff, they had nothing to use. So they're using all more recent clips of AJ Styles. But so with that being said, like anyone who's appearing involved that's in WWE now, they got a ton of more new footage to work with. So I, I'm, I'm, Excited to see what might happen. I, it's the reports are saying that WWE could potentially still put on evolved shows that will just run it themselves, or they can also turn it into like WWE Network specials, which I would be excited for. Uh, but Tommy, you were telling me actually yesterday we we're talking about this. Yeah. So where are some of the ideas or things uh, you think what WWE should do with well, it? Well, like you said, I think WWE should make evolve the new uh, developmental. And transfer all the wrestlers who are still training at the Performance Center that haven't been on NXT television mm-hmm. to the new Evolve developmental brand. Okay. And let NXT become like a legit third major brand by letting NXT tour across the country whenever that happens mm. for live events and television tapings. You know, in like in a 1,000 to 5,000 seat range for venues to want to compete with um, AEW while still having that small crowd fe- feel to okay. the outside of uh, TakeOver and Worlds Collide type, you know, events. And, you know, let Evolve, you know, have the Full Sail University uh, be there taped and, you know, have it taped at Full Sail for like an hour uh, for Evolve shows. You know, show them on like the WWE Network. And, um, you know, just, uh, you know, for the underused talent to, to have them improve. So current Evolve could be what NXT used to be and recreate that magic. Gotcha. So that's something, yeah, Richard, I wanted to ask you is like, do you think, because let's be honest, NXT is so much bigger now and is legit the third brand. It's on every week on the USA Network. And I, I, you, you, I've heard plenty of, uh, of members of the NXT roster say we're no longer uh, developmental. We are the legit third brand. So it, even for the NXT, just their mindset that they are no longer uh, developmental. With that being said, they still have a lot of you know trainees and people they just signed that need quote like a minor league system. So, do you think Evolve can be that new foray uh, for the WWE? Hundred percent. And WWE's always had more than one. So, yeah. you know, at one point in time, they used ECW and they used Smoky Mountain Wrestling, mm-hmm. and then they they used. 
uh, OVW and Deep South and a collection of others. So I think it makes sense to keep uh, Evolve and even keep Gabe Sapolsky in his position. Okay, right. And uh, use that as the feeder system, like Tommy was saying, especially if there's so much talent that you don't see there what there's like 120 people in nxt and we only see 20 or 30 yeah right so uh get them some some exposure where it's not going to embarrass them but i'd also since they have the library i i would make evolve the way nxt used to be and make evolve a wwe network exclusive show that'd be great as far as as tommy said kind of make evolve what nxt used to be yeah it'd be great they can turn into like an hour weekly television show and you know tape a bunch of episodes in advance like they used to do with nxt before they had to go live on the usa network i i think this could be really refreshing for i think maybe hypothetically let's say there's some people who were a little upset that maybe nxt's kind of gotten bigger than what it you know it's not the same nxt as it once was and so maybe you can kind of uh regenerate that passion for some of those hardcore marks out there as far as making evolve that new like kind of more underground wrestling show that's under the WWE umbrella. So I'm, I'm, I think that all that is great ideas. And so if WWE was smart, they would just keep evolve going, um, keep, you know, they have, they have a working relationship with Gabe Sapolsky. So they already trust him. So yeah, they can let it die or they can, go and find someone else that they can learn to trust but that's it's the wrestling business and trying to find someone you trust isn't always easy and you can still have you can have like triple h you know um be in charge of evolve and you can still have gabe Sapolsky still booking the matches you know yeah i i I think it's proven that they have a good thing going so they might as well um you know even you know if it's wwe putting it on themselves but i think this is a great way for them to utilize uh it's just a, an extra resource. So, like you said, I think it'd be great. Keep the roster going. Um, your new NXT signees, have them work the shows there so they get more experience in the ring. And then, yeah, maybe eventually turn into a, a one-hour weekly show that uh, people can tune in every week. Maybe film, like I said, a bunch of matches in a taping over the course of you know a weekend, whatever, once maybe crowds are back back allowed in, inside an arena or something. Um but actually, Richard, real quick, I just, before we kind of wrap it up for this, this story, Tommy just said he would think NXT should go on the road eventually. Do you think NXT is big enough now as a third brand that should eventually move on and go on the tour and do their live uh, Wednesday night shows in front of a crowd in different arenas around the country? Almost. I think they're getting there. I think part of the reason why they started doing takeovers in the same towns as the big four. Mm-hmm. Uh, is to test out those markets. Mm-hmm. And it seems like every time that they've overexceeded, but uh, it's, it's you know, we, we've gone to shows locally here where there's some empty seats, and I think they want to try to get those filled before they mm-hmm. commit to anything, the yeah. cost-cutting measure. And if they have use of full sale, then that's that's great. But we've also seen now that they can run everything from the performance center, so... Yeah, so maybe I, I was kind of thinking, I mean, we don't know what the future holds for just live attendance in general, how many people might be afraid to go out and watch a live wrestling show in an arena or whatnot. Uh, I, I, I think before the pandemic, I, I think I was kind of visioning maybe NXT can do like one 
once a month uh, a live show on the USA Network from an arena somewhere else, and then maybe the next three weeks back home at full sale. So, like, what just to test it out and see what the attendance is like for outside full sale because you know you have the built in crowd at full sale university, and they kind of test it out. And then if those start selling well, then maybe add two a month, maybe three a month, or you know, and then eventually maybe they get so big that they can just do like one full sale show a month. And then the next three are elsewhere around the country. Um, but I that, think it would be worth it to treat it like it was the territory days and maybe just make it an East Coast promotion for the time being. Okay. Right. You know, and if there's a Survivor Series in the Bay Area, then you go and do your takeover over there. But yeah. otherwise, you, you run up and down the East Coast and because you know that people are going to pop up for New York and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, it, like you said, th- there's a lot of potential different ways for uh, uh, WWE and NXT to expand and, uh, you know, move around and, and you know, with. Uh, with evolve now there's a lot of different possibilities so as a wrestling fan i I, there's i think a lot of great content and shows to come away in the near future fingers crossed this happens sooner rather than later but of course that depends on the pandemic and how that plays out yeah so uh speaking only hope speaking of expansions and uh uh wwe specifically so uh this week i uh I believe uh, Triple H had a, a conference call just discuss uh, the future of NXT UK because that's been a big question mark. They have not done anything during this pandemic. They haven't done any live shows. Uh, they haven't taped anything new just because WWE and NXT, they're all based here in America. And when they do tapings over at NXT UK, they send everyone over, fly over there, record a bunch of stuff. And then that's what they put on the network for uh for weeks on in so nxt uk richard if i remember correctly it's been a lot of just like best of shows and like highlights and clip shows am i right yeah and, re- and wrestlers picks so it's, <laughs> you know their favorite matches and whatnot and yeah so that can only i think last for so long as far as unless you really want to tune in and see what so-and-so picked as their favorite matches when you can watch a lot of this stuff on your own. And you can always watch Walter versus Tyler Bate from uh, NXT uh, UK and uh, Cardiff from yeah. last year. There's only so many times we can watch that. So, but with that, so there was a lot of question marks surrounding NXT UK's future. Will the pandemic kind of uh, just put an end to NXT UK's future? Or, and then will this also maybe put a, a stop on NXT's just global expansion? But Triple H did a conference call and officially announced, no, there's no plans to shut down NXT UK, the performance over there, and their goals of still expanding the NXT brand around the world is still very much alive and well. So, Richard, what's your reaction to uh, Triple H and NXT's uh, uh, goals of still wanting to expand? I think it's great. I think it's it's the most positive news to come out of the last week because I might not watch NXT UK every week, but mm-hmm. I, I I will not miss a NXT UK takeover. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can catch myself up pretty quick because it's only an hour show anyway. Yeah. So, uh, very good news. And it's, it's also shows you how, uh, seriously triple H takes this mm-hmm. and takes the expansion because had it gone away, uh, I think the expansion topic would be on the back burner for another year or two before they were even talking about it again. So this kind of this kind of makes you feel uh, when things go back to normal that 
you know, it's business as usual, and they're they're still working towards that NXT uh, Japan next. Yeah, that's that's something that's been a rumor for a long time. As far as um, NXT wants to expand and go to different parts of the world, so NXT UK was the first venture of this of idea, and then uh, I guess they still want to do eventually at NXT Japan, NXT Mexico. And NXT uh, India, right, Tommy? Is that yeah. saying? In- yeah, India. India. And I, I think that kind of goes um, with a lot of the stuff they've been doing, you know, in the Well, middle. wasn't there a rumor that uh, Noah, they wanted to purchase Noah and have that as NXT Japan? Yeah, that was, I think, a rumor as well that Triple H, I think, was looking as far as to get the ball rolling on NXT Japan was to buy the promotion Noah. Right. But then uh, Richard also, I think, if I remember correctly, Noah said, no, we don't want to. We, they refused to, to be bought out. And then they just, like, announced they, they're working with another promotion over there? Yeah, I believe it's... Um, uh DDT? DDT, correct. Yeah, so it looks like, you know, over in Japan, all these promotions are, like, you know, firmly uh, putting their foot in their ground and says, no, we'll do our own thing. We don't need WWE's involvement. So I'm very curious to see how WWE will plan on trying to expand into the Japanese territories. It's going to be interesting because I, I think it's it's going to be somewhat of a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely it's going to be really interesting. But I will say this: the, the one kind of silver lining, while I'm happy to see the announcement of NXT UK sticking around, is for Walter's sake, uh, the current NXT uh, UK uh, champion. And it's actually been coming out recently. Another rumor, as far as with Walter's status. Um, he, I think, has been kind of vocal that he just wants to stay overseas. He just wants to work NXT UK. He has no plans or desires to move to the U.S. and you know move up maybe to the NXT uh, television show and then eventually uh, Raw or SmackDown. He has no desire to come to America and you know be moved up or uh, promoted to one of the a call up to one of the other shows. He wants to stay in NXT UK. So, Richard, what's your initial kind of reaction to hear that Walter, he wants to stay overseas and keep doing his thing over there? I think that's great. I think at the same time, Walter hasn't had a a serious discussion with Vince McMahon yet. (laughs) And and, uh, doesn't know how many zeros can be added to a uh, paycheck. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you can come out and say something like that, but Come on, money talks. If, if, if Vince McMahon sees Andre the Giant in him, then he's he's gonna be wealthy. <laughs> That's my thing. Is like I I think apparently yeah, it, it Walter's happy where he's at over there. Um, I guess he also runs like a training school that he, he's very close with. So I I don't know. Like yeah, we don't know Walter personally. What's his mindset? I'm sure for him maybe. It, it might be kind of an inconvenience to kind of pick up everything and move halfway around the world and start over. But then again, you're only young. You, you make someone enough. Yeah. You make someone enough money that they can move their family to the States and yeah. then, you know, rake in all that money. Then that's my, so th- be it. Yeah. That's my thing. It's like, you know, you're only young once you're only in your prime once. So I know this is something was a stone cold said many times, make your money while you can and then, you know, at the end of the day, when you can retire, whatever, then go back and enjoy life wherever you want to. So with Walter, I, I feel like while I kind of respect how he wants to stay in NXT UK and just really thrive there, I feel like you you can you'll he'll eventually hit his ceiling 
there mm-hmm. and like I don't want him to be a, the one of the biggest what ifs like what if he would have done this or that I, I I I would totally geek out to see what he can do on NXT Prime I guess we can call it the regular NXT just Goddamn pal <laughs> but dealing with the roster here and then eventually you know go to Raw or SmackDown and uh, put on matches with you know who knows Braun Strowman or the Fiend or, or Keith Lee. Yeah, I mean, I I think I I don't want to I don't think it would be a smart move on his part to kind of limit himself. I think for his Agreed. own yeah his own legacy and what he can do, it would be amazing to see what he can do when it comes to America. So as, as you said, I, money I think talks. The way I think the way you get him to do that is you you book it old school where mm-hmm. he comes in for three four months okay and he, he makes main roster money yeah. for three or four months and then they send him back so you know he gets a taste of the good life yeah and you know that gives him something to think about because let's be honest he's never made the money that he could be making yeah and that's the so, thing yeah it, it's easy to talk about wanting to stay overseas, but until the opportunity rises where he can actually, you know, make, make some who's good his money. competition right now. Like he has great matches with everyone, but like he doesn't have an equal over there. Yeah, exactly. Like Walter, Walter is, is the big fish in a small pond. Exactly. So no, he's crushing over there. So I think, like you said, he, he'll eventually hit his ceiling. He's already been champion for over a year now. And so, it, it, it's like I, I would think he wants new challenges. So I, I think while I while I said like I'm happy to see NXT UK sticking around, and I'm I'm sure for Walter's sake, he's extremely happy because this keeps him you know uh, staying over there. But I think at the end of the day, uh, while NXT UK can live on, Walter himself needs to come over to the U.S. and just uh, you know keep expanding on his legacy and hand out some chops to uh, the NXT Raw and SmackDown roster at some point. I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Moving on. Let's see uh, some news that uh, Richard uh, texted me uh, right away <laughs> since he saw it making the headlines. Uh, Bully Ray, we all know him. Of course, you know, one half of the, the <laughs> Dudley... <laughs> Bubba, <laughs> the Dudley Boys. Uh, it was being reported that he is done with Ring of Honor. Um, Richard, so what were you reading exactly about this whole situation here? Well, I I I listen to Busted Open on a daily basis, and he hasn't brought up Ring of Honor or anything Ring of Honor in quite some time. And I texted you before they were teasing the. Uh, Aces and Eights thing for a, uh, Impact recently, yeah. and it just seemed like this is odd, you know. Like it's very quiet on that end. He's not a quiet person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, very outspoken. And uh, start looking into it, and then we saw them teasing the Aces and Eights thing, and then D'Lo Brown was teasing the Aces and Eights thing. Mm-hmm. So it just makes sense that if there was a mystery opponent or spot for that Impact World Title match at Slam Reversary, it's like, well, I think Bully Ray might be available. (laughs) So it started out as a hunch, and now things are just kind of falling into place for it. Yeah. Um, And it's it's interesting because uh, 
you know, there's just, there's an influx of people like you were telling me before the show started that the Good Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson uh, apparently signed with Impact. Yeah, it's apparently uh, officially. It's a, yeah, it's official now. That yeah, that the Good Brothers are going to sign with Impact Wrestling. So yeah, uh, Gallows and Anderson's making their way now. As far as when their actual debut is going to be, that's uh, to be determined if they're going to show up July 18th at Slammiversary. Or maybe at the next set of tapings. Uh, I mean, if I was a betting man, I think it would make more sense to do it at Slammiversary, have a stronger impact. No pun intended. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, apparently also the rumor as far as uh, uh, with Gals and Anderson is they have a new sweet deal here. So it sounds like they're going to sign with Impact Wrestling and be that's going to be their American promotion. But Impact is also going to let them still work over in Japan so they can still do stuff with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I think that's for them the best of both worlds. So you're going to still be on American television with Impact Wrestling and then you're going to be able to still put on matches and work in New Japan, which you can argue they put some of their best work. I mean, obviously with the Bullet Club and whatnot. So uh, they have a a natural following there as well. So I, I think... For them, that's a really exciting opportunity that they that they that they can that they can know an open door and uh, impact having a, once again a working relationship with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, so that that well, I think, yeah, let me, yeah. I was going to ask you that if you're looking at roster mm-hmm. and, and and if you don't even know who's on this roster, if you're New Japan, would you rather be work in bed with Ring of Honor or Impact right now for star power? That's a tough one. Um, well, I mean, well. I, I mean, who's, Ring of Honor in Ring of Honor right now. Yeah, that, uh, just Marty Skrull. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yeah. I mean, that comes to and mind. Jay Lethal. That's it. Jay Lethal. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, yeah, maybe Impact kind of makes more sense as far as having that American uh, uh, way to get back into American um, uh, TV. Uh, but actually, I, and this is actually surprising because wasn't there a little bit of uh, an issue with uh, New Japan and Impact because uh, New Japan had the TV deal with Access TV, Impact got bought out or, uh, or they got a new deal on um, on Access TV because the company that owns Access now owns Impact, so they pretty much brought Impact over and then kicked New Japan to the curb. So I think. That's where some people were questioning, oh, is Impact and New Japan, New Japan having a little bit of a, 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 beef. a tiff? Yeah, a tiff, a beef with one yeah, another. Yeah, but if this works out, I think this is great that hopefully, you know, that they everyone's on the same page. And I think at the end of the day, it's just about, you know, making money and being having a good business working relationship. So, I, I mean, I would be excited to see if, you know, New Japan and Impact can put on some shows together or, or have, you know, crossover talent exchange. Uh, part of me is a little bit bummed because, you know, you guys are going to laugh at me, but I thought I was hoping maybe New Japan can still do some stuff with AEW, especially with, you know, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega and, and the yeah, New Japan's a wrestling company. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm just saying. It's but, not Circus Olay, Danny. Come on. But I'm just saying because I know nice. I know a lot of wrestling fans wanted to see AEW in New Japan. Uh, AEW do, wrestling fans, yes, want to see the two work together, especially with you know Moxley's the U.S. champion and, and you know Kenny Omega's long history, Young Bucks Cody. and Lance Archer. Yeah, Lance Archer. So I who didn't know, Dean Ambrose wrestle for New Japan not that long ago. 
John Moxley. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a U.S. champion. So I'm just saying, like, I, I I'm curious. Maybe who knows? Maybe New Japan wants uh, deals with several promotions. So maybe they want to do. Maybe they could do something with Impact and AEW separate, you know, have separate agreements. But yeah, I don't know what the relationship currently is with Ring of Honor. So that, it can get kind of confusing. I mean, of course, we'll but, let. But, but at the end of the day, they're still for what we have: Impact, Ring of Honor, AEW, NXT, WWE in America, and in Japan MLW. they've got Lionsgate, DDT, Stardom, All Japan, and New Japan. Like, there's enough companies. It's just. Everyone wants to work with New Japan. Yeah, no, you're in that. And Noah. You're right. And then there's, uh, you know, through Tommy. And all Japan has the best library because they have all the American stars that went over there for these crazy tournaments. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I don't know why any, no one's working with All Japan anymore. But it's like, it's, but if um, AEW and Impact, you know, if they could have some, you know, working relationship with New Japan, this would be like um, what back in the territory days when. Um, all the NWA territories, and including uh, the AWA, they were all working with All Japan Pro Wrestling, while the WWE back then was working with New Japan. Yeah, I mean, all this... Well, to- they also worked with All Japan as well, though. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so it, 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 it's, I guess we can all agree on, you know, if one company can't work with the other, there's still plenty of options if one of these American promotions want to have a, a working relationship with someone over in Japan. So there is plenty of options there. So hopefully this is something they can explore. No, MLW. Didn't MLW last year, earlier this year, they were going to work with Dragon yeah. Gate? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they did. They sent uh, Hammerstone over. Yeah. And they were previously working with uh, Noah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it, it, we can only see. I mean, it, this is all speculation, obviously, because we're in a pandemic still. So it's kind of tough to see what happens. So, but once live shows pick up again, yeah, I would love to see more U.S. promotions work with uh, different Japanese promotions. I think it'd be exciting. So, like you said, for Gals and Anderson, based on this new deal, I think it's awesome for them that they can still get the best of both worlds as far as where do people know them for as far as, you know, being on American television and then going back to Japan to put on shows with the company that they have a lot of great uh, history with. But uh, so with Bully Ray, though, with, uh, you know, looks like he's done with Ring of Honor. So I guess yeah we'll tune in the Slam Anniversary see if he uh, makes an appearance there and um, yeah I know you you've been checking Impact out the last couple of weeks I haven't checked them out since Bobby Lashley left I think oh wow and that was uh, what 2018 20, yeah yeah so but I've been watching, I, I've been watching a little bit too so I I've been watching clips here and there I'm willing to to jump in again if <laughs> if because I know Bully. He's just a heat magnet. I don't know if you guys ever saw his uh, feud with Flip Gordon in Ring of Honor. No, but I've not seen it. He gave this speech about how uh, he's a Marine and uh, Flip Gordon's a coward and this yeah. and that. And it was just like, God oh, damn, that's. I did see a little heat. bit. I think at All In, they were, they were kind of teasing it there originally. Or the that, might be, one, that, yeah. that might have been the beginning of it. Okay, I know exactly what you're talking about now. So yeah. Uh, but I just think yeah, it'd be if Bully Ray can quote come home. I know he already came home once to WWE uh, with him and Devon their most last run, and so if he can come home one more time to maybe Impact Wrestling, I think that'd be exciting. Uh, would you want to see an Aces and Eight reunion? And you know, get if uh, Gallus is there, you got another member there, and would you bring Anderson into the fold then as a as Absolutely. a new member? Absolutely. I, I think part of what made Aces and Eights 
to me appealing uh, is that you had guys in there that you were familiar with, mm-hmm. but then you had your Wes Briscoe yeah. and your Garrett Bischoff, who yes. I don't think gets enough credit because I I think you you look at Garrett Bischoff and you think Eric Bischoff and it's like Garrett was actually a pretty decent high flying wrestler, mm-hmm. just you know last name. Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like. It's kind of like is Chavo would Chavo Guerrero be a bigger wrestler if he didn't have that last name? So, and whatever happened to Wes Briscoe? I think he's still he's still wrestling. He's just not uh, televised anywhere. Okay, but yeah, no, I, like I said, I I I think it'd be exciting for uh, an Aces and Eight reunion, and if there were a way to incorporate, yeah, Gallows back into the fold, and then maybe bring Anderson in. But so Gallows, he has the luck of it as far as being in two major factions with Aces and Eights and the Bullet Club. So I wonder if you could do like some sort of fusion of, yeah. of the two. But we got to come up with a new name for them, right? Yeah. What 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 would you come up with? Bullet Aces. <laughs> Bullet Aces. <laughs> Bullet Aces. There we go. All right, Tommy, with the name. Tommy, we should put on a T-shirt already. <laughs> Copyrighted, <laughs> yeah. But so, once again, another reason why uh, we got turned Slammiversary in uh, less than a couple weeks now. So I've never talked this much Impact Wrestling at all in the last couple years. The hype <laughs> is real. The hype is real. Uh, and speaking of hype and uh, Impact Wrestling, and just a follow up to uh, a story we talked about last week. So last week, the wrestling world was turned upside down with the the news from Impact Wrestling that they fired Tessa Blanchard and stripped her of the world championship. And for apparently a lot of different reasons, the main one, as far as, well, the more, the most recent one was she was supposed to turn some promo video, uh, to promote, uh, Slammiversary, but apparently, cause she's stuck in Mexico, but apparently she didn't send anything in. And so they were just tired and fed up and just, uh, let go of her. And this of course brought up a lot of just people bringing up, you know, her, her, her incidents, um, earlier this year of um, accusations that, you know, she said racist remarks and did some bullying in the locker room. So once again, just, you know, Tessa Blanchard as a person slash wrestler was being questioned last week. And we had a pretty good discussion about that last week. And we were also in that discussion. We're trying to think what is next for Tessa Blanchard's future. And now within a week, the new reports are saying that actually WWE is interested in in Tessa Blanchard. So Richard, what are your initial thoughts when you hear that? <laughs> well, uh, I think if you look at people that they have hired yeah. who have had history or, or uh, quote unquote history or, or backstage, this and that, so yeah. you never know until you have them in your locker room. So I'd imagine if they bring her in, She's going to be an NXT to test it out, and if mm-hmm. she has a good attitude, then they'll they'll stay on board with her. But I don't. She can think that she's a star all she wants, but when she's face to face with Vince, if she thinks she's a bigger star than he is, then she's going to be out of there. That's my one thing is like you know if WWE does sign her, I would love to see her try to pull some of the stuff that she did in the past, and Vince probably put her in her place. Like like part yeah. of me does want to see her go to WWE just to see if Vince. And whoever will uh, put up with her nonsense, yeah, put her in check. I yeah. mean, that's kind of yeah. it. Oh. Didn't work for CM Punk, and she's not CM Punk. So yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the thing. It's like you know, Tessa. 
you know, she can do what she wants at maybe these smaller promotions. But once you get to WWE, the biggest company in the world, yeah, I think a reality check might be due her way. But also, it'd be interesting, <laughs> like, hype, let's, let's just for fantasy booking say she does sign with WWE and she screws up there and eventually gets let go for a bad attitude or whatever the case may be. Like, you've burned bridges in multiple companies. Like, where do you go even after that? Like, even the biggest company in the world. Yeah, that's the thing. (laughs) It's like, so for Tessa Blanchard, I would hope if she does eventually sign with WWE, she will, you know, change things for the better. I mean, that's what happened to her dad. You know, Tully burned bridges and was left the business. So it wouldn't surprise me. But... Mm -hmm. Plus She's also not her test. dad. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Uh, <laughs> but she's, Cocaine's she's a hell of not a drug. her yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, uh, she's not her dad, though. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. I mean, I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, I, I, I'm not the one that has to pay her and take the backlash. And no matter what, WWE's backlash anyway, because it's WWE. Yeah. Uh, right or wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at the landscape of things, they just lost Becky mm-hmm. uh, for who knows how long, if not forever. They mm-hmm. don't have Ronda anymore. Uh, Shayna Baszler. Like Sh- Shayna's just not being booked. Yeah, she's uh, cooled off with Vince. Yeah. And then here's my uh, thing. Where's Bianca Belair been? Like, they brought her up to Raw, and she has not been I, on t- I'm not worried about Bianca. She's she's going to be the next big thing. I, I hope think. so. But, I uh, want her to, yeah. She's a phoenix but, in... Yeah, you but know. if Charlotte's not going to be around for the next couple months either, then you know more star power too, and then to go get the biggest female star outside the WWE because yeah. who 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 is bigger than Tessa Blanchard outside the WWE? Yeah, Rio? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but but yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It's like I I think for WWE, while like NXT has an amazing women's division. But yeah, Raw and SmackDown, I mean, you could argue that they're a little thin right now, especially as you just mentioned, losing Becky Lynch for uh, the time being. Charlotte apparently is going to be gone for a while. And so right there are two of the four horsewomen that are gone. I know Sasha and Bailey have been you know, doing uh, uh, a lot of extra work as far as appearing on Raw. Everywhere. With, yeah, Raw and SmackDown, because you know, th- with those women's tag titles, they can appear on all three brands. So... Uh, they're doing overtime, which I love and respect to them for that. But yeah, you know, Raw, you know, and SmackDown could easily use some more star power. So, but with that being said, yeah, does Tessa, if she was to sign, does she go to NXT first or does she get jumped up? Can she bump up right away to the Raw or SmackDown? I think NXT first, because if, if, if you want, you can easily take Rhea Ripley and put her on the main roster for star power okay. and then have Tessa slide into that spot. Okay. You know, you're filling the space. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. If if WWE does sign Tessa, I mean, come on, it writes itself. Charlotte Flair versus Tessa Blanchard, two of the four horse four horsemen, their daughters taking on each other. I mean, I know online people are speculating how awesome that'd be, and some people even said that could easily headline or main event a wrestlemania i i i would be interested. i don't see that <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah but I, I i nonetheless that's a matchup i would love to see uh down the road and here's the other thing too keep in mind like well we know wwe loves like their second and third generation superstars 
And keep in mind, you know, The Rock's daughter uh, is currently training with them. How awesome would that be? Of you know, potential storyline, <laughs> you know, potential storylines of like Charlotte taking on Tessa Blanchard, and then maybe Charlotte takes on The Rock's daughter, and then Tessa takes on The Rock's, you know, all these different like combinations that they eventually can do for matchups down the road, and then the storylines that they can create about their fathers and you know, rep- passing on the legacy and all that stuff. I- I'd be super excited for all that stuff, and so. For Tessa Blanchard, I think for her, yeah, her best option is WWE. So if they want her, she should take it. And with that being said, hopefully she's learned from her current, you know, experiences thus far in other promotions. And hopefully she could be a better person from this, hopefully mature. And, you know, hopefully she doesn't become like a cancer in the locker room. So that that's my only thing is hopefully Tessa Blanchard moving forward. You know, she's learned from this that she, you know, you, you got to treat people right. You, you can't have a bad attitude. You got to kind of do what's asked of you as a, as a, as an employee of a company. So, you know, if WWE wants her, I'll be super excited for, her. I've heard AEW is not interested in her. I think AEW should go after her as well to fix their, or bump up or uh, pump up their women's division. But nonetheless, if WWE wants her, I think that'd be a better fit for her as far as just the natural storylines built in. So, as we always say, we shall wait and see when it comes to the to the wrestling business. All right, let's move on to uh, one of the big events from this past week. So NXT, uh, some people said their version of some counter-programming to AEW's Fighter Fest. They, uh, within the last couple weeks, announced that they're going to bring back the Great American Bash over the span of two weeks. So night one was this past Wednesday. Night two will be next week. And uh, all three of us, we tuned in to watch uh, the Great American Bash and uh, uh, exciting stuff here. And this is something I mentioned with the the Fighter Fest review I did the other day with Philip. Which, if you're listening to this right now, make sure you go back and listen to our Fighter Fest review we did that we just released as well. Um, while we don't know like when the next takeover might be, who knows if it's going to be a while from now, a couple months or whatnot. I like this idea of kind of like a little extra branding or uh, creating like a pay-per-view vibe on their weekly television so i was super excited that they're just gonna uh instead of just doing a regular episode of nxt they're kind of spicing things up by adding the great american bash name to it and trying to deliver these pay-per-view or wwe network events uh it's like what wcw was when they had clash of the champions yeah so these these Mm -hmm. uh uh, high-profile matches just on regular TV. So, uh, like we always do, we'll kind of go around and kind of give our initial thoughts about the about the pay-per-view, or excuse me, uh, the the episode, and then we'll go ahead and break down each match. So, uh, Tommy, what was your uh, just kind of your initial reaction to uh, this week's episode of NXT, The Great American Bash? It was quite stellar. Um, I did enjoy the main event with uh, Io Shirai versus uh, Sasha Banks. It had great storytelling, great psychology during the match, and it was a great finish. And um, you know what? What can I say? Um, It was just a terrific match. And uh, the match between uh, uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan was a great technical-style grappling match. If you're a fan of Carl Gotch... And Billy Robinson and those great grapplers, catch as catch can type wrestlers. Okay, 
that is the match to watch. Awesome. So, uh, Richard, how about yourself? Uh, I know you uh, rewatched it as well, like me here today. <laughs> so, what was kind of just your reactions overall to a uh, night one for the Great American Bash? I thought it was stellar. I thought that they didn't overdo anything. It didn't feel like a takeover. It didn't feel like a regular NXT show. Okay. Uh, I like that it was just a bunch of different flavors of ice cream. You know, the handicap match, uh, that felt <laughs> like old school wrestling. Uh, I thought Thatcher and Orkin was stiff as hell, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed. The yeah, yeah, yeah. strap match was good. Four-way was good. Banks okay. and EO was uh, tremendous. Yeah. Um, and in terms of counter-programming, <laughs> uh, I mean, number one, if they're going to do that, then you have to do that because then it just looks like you just have another weekly show. Yeah. And historically, the Great American Bash is around June, July. So mm-hmm. it makes sense to, to keep that brand. I know that there's a lot of well, they're just doing this to attack Cody. And I'm like, mm, maybe a little bit. But at the same time, the bash always happened around June, July. So, yeah. Well, and also, um, I was just going to say, like, I think we talked about this last week, uh, is WWE, they own so many old school pay-per-view names. And I know WWE, the main, you know, Raw and SmackDown, they got their own set of uh, pay-per-views. So I think it's smart for NXT to maybe reuse, recycle some of these legendary names. So, you know, going back to NXT TakeOver, War Games, they're using the War Games name. They just did In Your House last month. And so Great American Bash, another just um, iconic, legendary uh, pay-per-view name. I'm all for that. I I like that. Just like you said, gives a little extra flavor for, uh, instead of just doing a regular episode of NXT, why not just slap the name on it? And kind of, you know, change up the set a little bit, which, by the way, I enjoyed the setup, which, okay, a couple things. It, it, it looked it looked like uh, <laughs> uh, like the price is right, <laughs> which I liked. I, I liked it a lot because it looked different, but it, it just looked like a game show. It was great. Yeah, well, I, I was just going to say is uh, I, I know, like, they just announced the Great American Bash within the last two weeks. So I don't know if they had the props ready to go, but I was just impressed that they how much Great American Bash like banners and signage they had available all around the full set. And I like they brought back the red, white, and blue ropes. Yeah, that was. Oh, cool I didn't too. even notice that. Yeah, the red, white, <laughs> blue ropes. Also, just the cars, the the sports cars that they and, had. And by the way, also WWE acquired the name uh, Wrestle War. Yeah, that was also on a side note. This week it was announced that uh, they uh, re re. Uh, we, they got the naming rights. Yeah, it's, uh, what's the term? I'm trying to think of. They reapplied or got the name for the term Wrestle War. So who knows where that's going to be used? I was kind of thinking, oh, is that going to be for like a Raw or SmackDown event, or could that be used for NXT down the road at some point? I don't know. But uh, but yeah, like that being said, I, I'm glad with NXT as far as the setup goes, just kind of uh, sprucing up. Uh, the setup inside Full Sail University with the cars on set and just uh, the red, white, and blue feel to it all. It was. I was hoping maybe get like a little beach vibe, maybe like a barbecue pit or something out there. But I'll bring take, back Bash at the Beach. Yeah, maybe yeah, they should do that as a separate thing. Um, but no, uh, uh, overall though, I like the presentation of it. Uh, so first match of the night was uh, the Fatal Four Way for the number one contendership for the women's title. So we saw Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Mia Yim. 
him and Tegan Knox come out. And um, Tegan Knox eventually got the victory. Uh, I was a little surprised personally. Uh, we didn't do predictions for this, but I was kind of leaning towards maybe Dakota Kai because if, if hypothetically, you know, if it's going to be Io Shirai versus whoever this person, the winner is going to be, Io right now is kind of more back baby face, you know, as far as with the uh, NXT universe. Fan favorite. Yeah. So I thought, well, maybe her next person that she goes up against should be like a heel. And so I thought, you know, Dakota Kai, the way she's just been booked, like she's aligned herself with, uh, was it Raquel? Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez, you know, like... They're, they're they're trying to move on up in the card and get a title shot. So that's why I thought it was going to be her. Bigger Sonya Deville. <laughs> yeah, bigger version of Sonya Deville. <laughs> but I don't I don't think anyone sells better than Dakota Kai. I yeah, think her, yeah. if you watch her, she makes everything look like it's killing her. Yeah, she's awesome. And uh, um, a couple things for me this match. What I enjoyed was we got a match within a match. Uh, eventually, the final two between Tegan Knox and. Dakota Kai, we know about their history going back to uh, NXT TakeOver War Games um, and just their friendship well, in the past, their friendship and their alliance. So it was cool. We got to see them, the two of them, go at it again. But uh, early on, like the first half, I thought the MVP was uh, Mia Yim. She was going out there and just kicking everyone's ass. Am I right? Absolutely. And yeah, then, that, that was great. And Candace, Candace added a lot, too, with, with yeah. some of her high flying. Yeah, yeah. So just the, the four of them, I mean, just super talented and just really just showcasing just how good the current women's division is. When was the last time anyone had seen someone do, I think it was Tegan did it. It was a follow a slam into a pin, like an arching pin. Mm -hmm. That that was, that was ridiculous. I was just like, God damn, I've I've not seen that in forever. Yeah. And, and, um, I was just thinking, uh, um, I mean, just, yeah, a lot of stuff that Candice LeRae was delivering Mia Yim. And then when we got to the final two of Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox, you could just tell like they were able to reestablish just their rivalry they've had for for over the last year. So for me, it was exciting um, to see that just brought into the fold again. But I really enjoyed the finish of uh, of Tegan Knox on the top rope doing a, a what she call it a Molly um, yeah Molly um, Molly, Molly drop Molly roll right Molly roll. Molly go round. Molly go round. Molly yes. go round. <laughs> Into the Shining Wizard. So it was just that was I thought that was a great finish right there. And I mean, God, I mean I I feel bad. Like I wish that could have been in front of like an actual like live crowd just for that yeah. kind of, but nonetheless, great finish. And yeah, Tegan Knox now the number one contender. Um as of the this recording, they have not announced when that match will be with Io Shirai. Um some people were predicting, oh, maybe it'll be night two, but that has not been announced yet. Um, maybe at a future takeover, whenever that is, who knows? But um, Richard, what are your thoughts of uh, Tia Knox and uh, Io Shirai matchup down the road? I'm way into it. I, I've uh, I don't think I was an initial Tia Knox fan right off the bat until that complete war with uh, Dakota Kai, the street fight match. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. God, that was just brutal. So I've, I've I've jumped on the bandwagon since then and uh, would love, I'm going to love that match. I'm sure. So uh, I'm sure it will be on a takeover. Uh, I'm trying to think, I, I don't, we don't know when they're doing SummerSlam still. So I'd imagine if they do a takeover around SummerSlam, mm-hmm. then uh, we'll probably see it then. Yeah. I'm I guessing mean, that's coming after extreme rules. Yeah. So SummerSlam normally is what end of August, 
Now, there's been a lot of speculation. WWE still has hope that they can do it somewhere in front of a live crowd. But obviously, the backup plan is at the Performance Center. So it's going to happen, but as far as location, that's up in the air. Uh, so maybe whatever they, I'm sure they want to figure out SummerSlam first and then probably figure out if TakeOver is going to happen around that same time or not. So yet to be seen. Uh, second match of the night, as Tommy just mentioned, his personal, uh, one of his favorites, uh, Timothy Thatcher, uh, North Calzone out of Sacramento, taking on Oni Lorkin in a, a very hard hitting, um, a lot of slapping. <laughs> A lot of stretching, right, Fair. Tommy? Yeah, very stiff. Very stiff. Uh, so, yeah, Richard, so uh, just to kind of expand on that, just kind of what was your thoughts on this whole match of uh, two old school wrestlers going at it? <laughs> I loved it. I, I thought it was uh, physical as hell. Uh, the rest holes looked like they were stiff and they yeah. were hurting the opponent, which you don't always see. Yeah. Um, I I can take a lot more of these with these two I, I would take a two out of three falls any day i just i mean god timothy thatcher and his facial expressions throughout They're the match both, yeah. both of them just look like mean ugly bastards it's great you don't want to run into them in a dark alleyway but yeah just early on a lot of slapping hitting each other no, you don't want to run into them at a at mcdonald's or wherever <laughs> yeah. anyway anywhere but no but just seeing the two of them go at it slapping each other just like the submission holds and just the stretching just the like I said the facial react it was just like an old school just hard-hitting match and um yeah i could see the two of them go at it for for forever so uh but yeah timothy thatcher did get the win and you know great for him just keeping his momentum going uh for nxt and hopefully you know down the road uh maybe we get a title shot of some sort maybe north american or whatever so we shall yet to be seen uh third match of the night as uh richard you mentioned rhea ripley taking on um <laughs> robert stone or strauss or whatever the hell he's going stone, by stone <laughs> With uh, Robert Stone, the, yeah. the, the walking carpet, Aaliyah. Aaliyah, yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, two against one handicap match, and uh, just the quick little story was, or the uh, build up was, Robert Stone post losing Chelsea Green, trying to find new clients, and yeah, one recruit <laughs> Rhea Ripley, and uh, for me, like, listen, I was not surprised to see Rhea Ripley get the win here. She's just a total <laughs> badass, but part of me was kind of hoping that. Uh, Robert Stone and Aaliyah would get the win, and that way Rhea Ripley reluctantly has to work with them. And and for right now, because as we just saw, Tia Knox, new number one contender, Io Shirai's champion, Rhea Ripley's on the outside looking in as far as the, the, the women's NXT championship. So maybe to keep herself busy as far as storyline goes, it, it could be kind of a fun, like, odd couple pairing as far as Rhea Ripley have to work with the two of them in some capacity, and that could be a fun thing for we them. We can still see that, though, down the line. She just yeah. got the first win is all. <laughs> yeah, so this thing's not over. <laughs> no, I mean, well, it might not be. We'll see. Uh, I was going to say Robert Stone is like a great comic relief type of manager. You know, he's like a <laughs> kind of like a Bobby Heenan sort of, yeah. in a way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, Ro- I mean, you know, Robert Stone, you know, he, he did wrestle for Impact Wrestling. And so, you know, he, he can wrestle. He can take a bump. And so uh, if he wants to be a manager full time, you know, for this part of his career. Yeah, I think it'd be great if he can get involved in more matches and take more bumps like that. It was a lot of fun seeing him. I was going to ask you real he, quick. He looked like he was Mark Marrow's kid. I was just going to say. Wearing so- the trunks and then. 
he started the match with goggles. <laughs> the Horace Grant goggles, like in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> but but Tommy, I was gonna say, did you like his boxing attire or his set his gear? Yeah, it's very Mark Merrill esque. Yeah, I was gonna say Mark <laughs> Merrill's out there wrestling. But no, but the match itself, it was definitely a lot more goofy or comedy style. Uh, I was kind of, I honestly, I thought maybe the match was a little bit longer than what, yeah. I, I think like Rhea Ripley could have easily just, you know, dominate both of them and kind of make a quick squash how, match. How impressive did she look though, when she, she got both of them in and yeah. her submission hold. Oh, to, or even before that, when she flipped both of them over her head. So yeah, for Rhea Ripley, she just looks like a total badass in this match so yeah what's next who knows maybe yeah can this story continue as far as maybe they still just chase her around and try to pursue her to join uh the robert stone brand the team so yeah we shall wait and see and then uh uh next match was uh roderick strong from undisputed era taking on dexter loomis and uh, a strap match the first ever strap match under nxt's brand um definitely i was kind of interested by this just because you know, with the, the this uh, stipulation involved with the strap match and just how it's going to play into the current storyline of Roger Strong, just totally scared by uh, Dexter Loomis constantly just chasing him around. So, uh, Tommy, what were your kind of thoughts of this match itself? Um, I mean, it was just great psychology on uh, Roger Strong and Dex. De- I mean, Dexter Loomis is just like he's just got that eerie presence about him and. Um, I mean, what Genuinely can I say? The, pla- the match was yeah. all over the place. Yeah, literally, it was all over. I love that they went all over the place, you know, over by the cars, and there was the tease of Dexter Loomis trying to potentially open up the trunk again and throw him in there, and uh, <laughs> just, yeah, using the facility around them to just take it outside of the ring with the strap. But for Richard, for you, um, I-, I mean, I loved, with the strap involved, it made it a much more hard-hitting match. Am I right? Absolutely. I, I will say I would like to see people in strap matches going forward. I'd like to see someone get the lashes with, with the strap because that's what it's there for. Yeah. You right. know, so I, I don't remember. I don't remember the pay-per-view, but I remember there was a WCW pay-per-view where they did a tag team lumberjack match and the lumberjacks had straps. And oh, wow. every time someone got tossed out, they were just bruised when they came back in it was just like I remember that i hold everyone to that standard still <laughs> nice <laughs> to get a beat a licking uh yeah no yeah. I, i'm with you i think that'd be um interesting concept to bring back uh yeah but, but I, no. I i think i think if you're gonna use the strap use it a little bit more you know choke someone with the strap or, or give them a, a, a lashing here or there i mean if bianca belair can do it with her hair, <laughs> with her hair. you know like are these guys afraid of taking a <laughs> with the belt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know that's a good point. I didn't think about that, but yeah, it, uh, well, we did see at the very end when uh, Dexter Loomis got the victory um, with submission. He did kind of incorporate some of the strap by wrapping around Roderick Strong's um, neck as well. But yeah, I thought it was a very effective way to use the strap there. But yeah, you're right. I I, I enjoy, I guess, Dexter Loomis because most of the match he was kind of just like this. Uh, unstoppable force, almost like Mike Myers, just this. this yeah, this... yeah. He, he, I mean, he he comes out with that creepy crawl to the Stranger Thing, Stranger <laughs> Thing soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I I get a, I don't know, I get like a serial killer mm-hmm. Gold Dust vibe from him. Yeah, which yeah. Is, I, I dig. 
but yeah, I no, think those two have good chemistry too. Absolutely. Well, I mean, come on, listen. Roger Strong's one of the best workhorses currently on NXT. Yeah, slash, modern day Dean Malenko. Yeah, I mean, but he's super just, underrated. But yeah, he just and he gets to take these bumps. So like, I like how Dexter Loomis being like this supernatural force, like you know, would yank the strap and Roger Strong would go flying into uh, the side of the ring. And like that, well, and the build up for this has been great. It yeah. felt like an always sunny in Philadelphia episode. <laughs> Just constantly scared, running, running Doctor, away. Doctor Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. No, yeah. The build's great, and I think um, for undisputed era, as far as what to do with them. I mean, they kind of accomplished everything else in NXT as far as winning championships and whatnot. So maybe kind of pursue. I wouldn't say maybe like a comedic role, but like kind of like venture into this new territory as far as them showing more of their personalities in a fun yeah, way. Yeah, like Kurt Angle wearing the funny hat. Yeah, so I, I think... Because they're all made guys. It's not going to hurt them. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know what the long-term plans are for Undisputed Era, if they're eventually going to go to Raw or SmackDown. But for right now, I think if they're going to stay on NXT, this is a good way to kind of use them. If they're not going to be in the title hunt for whatever respected title that they're 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 interested in, but I think for them this is a great way to keep them busy and just uh, kind of show new sides of them. Like I said, their personalities with whoever they're going up against. But yeah, Dexter Loomis just constantly yanking the strap. Roderick Strong going flying. Um, it was like a hard hitting match, and yeah, Dexter Loomis pulled out a victory here. And so, yeah, I don't know what's next. Is like Roderick Strong going to be now need psycho or uh, therapy again after this loss? Like he's been in a, a, a trunk. Now he's lost to Dexter Loomis. <laughs> does Dexter Loomis still pursue him, or does he move on to like a new victim, or uh, maybe go after Bobby Fish? Because Bobby Fish got involved at the end. I don't know. I mean, it, it's an interesting. Tune into NXT to find out. Find out. Yeah. So, but stay no, tuned. Stay tuned. And uh, last but not least, for uh, the Wrap-up night number one of the Great American Bash over on NXT was uh, NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai taking on uh, one half of the current WWE Women's Tag Team Champs, Sasha Banks. And Bayley came out in her corner. I love Sasha Banks coming out, you know, with the, uh, uh, with the sports car. And Bayley's in there, too, cheering her on. Like, Bayley had, like, uh, that ja- Sasha Banks jacket. Was it, I think, it was like, chalk line or whatever. So very fitting, but uh, they came out. So, you know, kind of a nice little homecoming vibe for them again. And then Io Shirai comes out. But uh, uh, so, yeah, Richard, for this match itself, just thoughts on that, how this whole main event played out. I I thought it was a, a really fun match. Uh, I think Bailey's finally figured out how to become a heel. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the first couple months she was a heel, it was just kind of corny. <sighs> corny and she didn't know how to do it and now it feels like were you watching nxt when the it it, uh when the network was first available like she was just kind of really bubbly and bombastic and now she's bubbly and bombastic in like a a bitchy way which is great yeah 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 it's it's, we're the best we're this and that and it's just like oh god she's annoying which is great so uh i like that and i loved uh Oscar coming out at the end and costing Sasha the match. Uh, Sasha looked genuinely upset that she had green stuff all over her face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was. Uh, uh, I thought. Uh, I mean, first off, I mean, it. You know, it was like almost like a twenty-plus minute match. So just hard hitting. You know, just going all around, showing their athleticism. 
but also yeah the very ending i thought it was a great way to um to end the match because tommy you were telling me you just like the psychology of it all right as far right. as uh oscar getting involved and yeah plus out. the distraction that bailey was doing you know with the tight with the yeah. tag belts you know yeah, yeah. shoving in the ref's face and all that you yeah. know as a distraction you know using it as an, an object you know that sort of thing so it was um it was a uh, it was that was great psychology and great storytelling right there yeah what i enjoyed was as far as so we see Bailey. She gets involved in the match. She's trying to help out her best friend Sasha Banks by uh, throwing the tag title in the ring, distracting the ref, uh, thinking she gives Sasha the upper hand to use the other title. But in actuality, that gave opportunity for Oscar to come in, spray the green mist on Sasha's face, and then Io Shirai took advantage of that to lay out her finisher. But it was great, just you know, for the details. As Tommy said, the, the ring psychology, but the details to that ending, as far as Sasha Banks, her face was down, so the ref did not see it when EO did her finisher. And jumping it did, nothing felt slow. Nothing felt like time stood still for a second and someone was waiting for something, which is like something that drives me nuts. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it just felt like click, 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 click. Very crisp, absolutely. And so what I like about that also, uh, and then she got the pin, but when she rolled over Sasha Banks, she covered Sasha's face with her leg so the ref could not see the green mist on her mm -hmm. face. So he made the count. And then, you know, she got the one, two, three victory, the pin, declared her the winner. And then he saw the green mist on her face, but obviously it's too late. It's been already called. And then Io Shirai, she doesn't have green, you know, dye or mist on her face. So the ref cannot actually you know disqualify her per se right so as far as with the details of that ending goes so you, you know what i'm saying like as far as how that ending played out it, it was perfect like eo covered up the face but then at the same time the ref was questioning like hey what's going on why is her face green but then she doesn't he doesn't see anything green on eo's face so it's like okay she earned it she earned it so yeah no it was a great like i said the details <laughs> how that played out was awesome i love that and so, um, and then also, like, okay, for one, um, you know, Sasha, it was okay to, to lose here because technically she can say, you know, it took someone else to help defeat her. Um, EO, still the champion, even though it was a non title match. So moving forward, she still looks strong as the current NXT women's champion. Um, and then for storyline goes over on Raw, this adds to the rivalry between Asuka and Sasha Banks because they're going to have their upcoming match over at Extreme Rules for the Raw Championship, Raw Women's Championship. So so I, I think it, it, this was a great conclusion to the match that just kind of adds or uh, continues on the storyline moving forward for everyone involved. So uh, this definitely, I'm looking forward to Raw this week to see how uh, Sasha counteracts Asuka and you know gets back at her. So like I said, great way to end night number one of the Great American Bash. So uh, I'm already looking forward to uh, next week, night number two. Um, so let's quickly well, run let, down. Let, let me let me ask you this quick because you watched that? both. Okay, what was the, what was the better show? <sighs> okay, so I said this on my review for Fighter Fest. I thought hour number one of Fighter Fest was really entertaining. I thought hour two slowed down and kind of lost a lot of energy and like momentum. So, I would say overall, NXT, overall, overall, NXT was slightly better. Okay. Which one are you looking forward to more this week? Oh, definitely NXT. 
because okay. so okay so uh not sure if you guys heard but it was announced so night number two of fighter fest the main event was supposed to be uh aew world champion john moxley taking on, brian, <laughs> taking on brian cage but that got pushed back a week uh to july 15th because of um uh, moxley's home quarantine because you know his wife uh, Renee Young tested positive for COVID nineteen. So that's not true. He's afraid of he's, Cage. Well, that's, that's what a, it is. That's, he's a coward. So it got pushed back. So their main event uh, it's changed up now. So with that being said, I'm really looking forward to the main event for night number two for NXT Great American Bash of uh, North American Champion Keith Lee taking on NXT Champion Adam Cole. And I will say this: title versus title, exactly. Champion takes all. Uh, we won't get into it, but I, you know, FYI, there are spoilers out there supposedly. You know, please, if you don't want to be spoiled, do not go out and look for it. Do not Google search it. Do not look it up. And then they're also don't be- go on Reddit. Yeah, we won't say anything here. Don't worry. But also, just keep in mind, um, there's been rumors also they film alternate endings as well. So please, you know, stay off the internet for that part and just you know go enjoy night number two. Just for keep. What- Keep it kayfabe. <laughs> yeah. So, Keep uh, on trucking. So it uh, looks like the, the current, um, let's see, uh, currently announced matches for night number two is uh, Mia Yim taking on Candice LeRae. We saw them kind of going at it in the in the back, uh, back uh, what do you call it, locker room area. Um, so is that supposed to be a street fight, if I remember correctly, right? It's going to be, uh, let me just double check real quick. I, uh, but yeah, so I think it's going to be where is it at? Uh, it does not say here, but uh, so yeah, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim going at it. Also, we see Breezango along with Drake Maverick. Uh, Breezango, of course, Tyler Breeze and Fandango going on against the newly named <laughs> El Legado del Fantasma. <laughs> Did I say that right? <laughs> <laughs> Switching Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wild, and Raul Mendoza, their new faction. Uh, we saw them come out do a promo uh, right before the main event on week number one, just kind of establishing they want to, you know, go back to the roots of uh, Lucha Libre. If I remember, I'm correct. into it. I, yeah. I thought it was a good promo. Yeah, Drake Maverick came out, challenged them, and it was three on one. And then uh, Breeze Angle came out to save them. So yeah, it's going to be uh, uh, three on three this coming Wednesday. And it's going to uh, be really weird to see Raul Mendoza start winning matches. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and walking wild. It's like, Gold, you... <laughs> it's like a, a Gilberg with the light heavyweight title. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's the thing. It, it uh this will be their television debut, the two of them under this uh new faction, Joaquin Wild yeah. and Raul, Raul Mendoza, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh it's also been advertising Mercedes Martinez, she's gonna get her rate uh, uh new debut or second debut, redebut with NXT. I know she had some matches earlier on, I think was it beginning of this year or end of last year. Uh she's been off television for a while, but they've been running these new hype packages for her, so she's gonna get her her uh, re-debut with NXT. So I uh, didn't say who she's taking on. And then, as I said, yeah, Keith Lee taking on Adam Cole. Winner takes all both championships. And looking forward to that. That's going to be uh, a stellar night of matches. Is there uh, Richard? I mean, I, I would assume I know the answer. But, yeah, anything particularly looking forward to for night number two? Keith Lee, Adam Cole. But also, aren't they do- they're doing Gargano and Strickland? Has that been announced as well? Well, I yeah, they, they had the altercation, yeah, last week or yeah. this week. Yeah, I, if that's the case, I would love to see that as well. It's, uh, I'm sure, and that's the thing. It's like 
they have, I'm, I'm guessing they're probably going to add some last minute matches. So at the time of this recording, we'll uh, uh, it's yet to be seen what some of the other matches going to play out to be. Uh, Tommy, anything particular you're looking forward to for night number two? Uh, just Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, the main <laughs> I, event. Yeah, I'm curious what the numbers are going to be for that main event. Just they've been hyping it, and yeah, how many people are going to tune in for that? Yeah. So, all right. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and go home for the night. Uh, thank you again, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you to both you guys, Richard and Tommy, for uh, hanging out with me tonight. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Richard, where can people find you online? You can find me at on Instagram at pro dot or pro underscore wrestling underscore one Oh one. Awesome. That's Tom- it. <laughs> That's it. That's all you want people. To Nowhere find. else. Okay. I got don't it. Don't find me. I don't like any of you. <laughs> the Tommy- it's a swerve, bro. <laughs> Tommy, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at IronFist1982. Right on. I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey83. And as I said earlier, follow everything in the click at in the click on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, also YouTube. Please hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We've been um, getting back into the groove of playing individual segments from <laughs> from each show. Uh, even uh, this week, I incorporate some uh, new graphics and whatnot. So hopefully you guys like that as well. It's a little, little extra eye candy as you're watching or listening to us talk about wrestling. And um, yeah, subscribe to In The Click on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of your favorite podcasts. And if there's somewhere that you like to listen to podcasts and we're not featured on, please li- let me know. Email me at In The Click at gmail.com and I'll do my best to get us there as well and on that note have an awesome rest of the week until we catch you next time and that's the bottom line because Huey said so <laughs>